I constantly hear that buying a home, especially your first home, is so overwhelming that buyers who start seeking out information often dip their toes in and then they jump right back out and give up. <laughs> As the fact finding can be so daunting that it just scared them out of the water and back into their rental hole. So today we're going to hear from Philip, who puts the anal in analytical. Now, wait a minute. That's not an insult. He actually says so in the interview. He says that he and his fiance are the worst nightmare of a salesperson who wants to make a sale that day. Self-described methodical person. Love that. I always preach preparation and analysis. So you can learn a lot from me and my experiences telling you what I've learned for first-time homebuyers. But today, I guarantee that you are going to learn some incredible things to help you with your home buying process from this fantastic, smart, yeah, and a little bit anal, but methodical and very purposeful guy. This is Philip. Let's go. Okay, listeners, this is the time you've been waiting for, hearing a story from someone else out there, someone in a different part of the country than me who found the podcast, followed the steps, figured out the planning, and is now sitting in their home. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Philip. Philip, say hello to the world. Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> okay, so everybody wants to know how to buy a home. That's why they click on it. So, Let's get a little backstory. Tell us where you started thinking about buying a home and what you did at the very beginning before you found the podcast. So, I mean, really finding the podcast was one of the first things I did when my fiance and I decided that we were ready to buy a home. The first thing I realized was how little we knew about the process, how little we knew about this massive financial transaction we were undertaking. I love podcasts. I love being able to multitask while I drive or I do chores around the house. So that was one of the first places I went to consume information. I listened to your podcast. I loved your passion. I loved how focused you were on first-time home buyers. And so I just kind of went and ran with it from there. Well, that's awesome. I know it's one of those things. Sometimes I tell people about it and they're like, really? On a podcast? And I'm like, dude, podcast people know, like, we all have master's degrees in something because we sit around and listen to this while we're washing dishes or driving to work or whatever. And it's a great way to learn. Okay. First thing you said that is very interesting for our folks out there that might be going through another large life experience, like uh, fiance, you guys together decided that you were going to buy a house before a wedding. Was that even a budgetary thing that you guys had to figure out? You know, it's funny that, that you bring that up. We had talked a lot prior to getting engaged and pretty much right after the engagement process, it was like, all right, we're engaged and let's go buy a home. So for us, we really wanted to be engaged prior to buying a home, but we also knew that we wanted to buy a home kind of quickly thereafter, just with really how the market was. And we were anxious to get into a place that was our own, kind of take that next step in our life together and not only kind of establish that ownership for the financial reasons, but to really kind of begin putting our roots down. 
I say this stuff on the podcast all the time, but it's great for the listeners to hear you and you speaking for your fiance too, because I have so many people that over the past five, six, seven years have called me up and said, we're getting married. So we'll talk to you next year. And it takes everything in my power to not go, cool. You're going to spend 5% more on your home. Right. <laughs> not like do it right now. You really should. But I understand. So I applaud you guys for that. Okay. So once you found the podcast, what were your guys next steps for moving forward? Since it sounds like you guys are ready to go. Well, so there was just a lot of kind of basic, we'll call it fact finding or background research that we did courtesy of information that you put out there. I thought you meant me. I thought you meant you were like Googling me to see if I was <laughs> legit. <laughs> I felt like one of the biggest things that we kind of had to look into and understand more about was just the kind of lending process and what can impact your credit score. Even though I did a lot of research in that, I still feel like it's such a weird kind of difficult subject to really feel like you have a firm grasp on it. But for us, the biggest step in kind of listening to the podcast and really putting things into motion was getting hooked up with our unicorn realtor and through really the help of you, I felt like we knocked it out of the park on our first try. I felt like we got super, super lucky with that. That is awesome. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we'll get into you getting lucky, which by the way, as my father told me my entire life, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. And I'm very glad to be part of your preparation and the unicorn and finding everything there. But you brought up something really interesting. Probably one of the biggest things that I find with listeners or people who come to me is there's a whole lot about buying a home that isn't fair. And people expect as a consumer that things are going to be fair. We're in a world where there's communal rating. And even in a capitalist society, we are telling each other who's the good consumer advocate style corporation and who's the ones that aren't. But Probably the two lamest things that any consumer has to go through both have to do with your biggest financial decision. Credit stinks. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why do we have 700 credit scores? How come I can't get my correct credit score? What do I need to know if I do this, that it affects it this way? Or if I do that, it affects it this way. It's ridiculous how guarded and behind the ivory tower it feels like it is. So it's crazy. And all these podcasts and I've trying to help people with, I've never really said that you really articulated something that I think is informative and unfortunately, maybe not super helpful, except for people's mental capacity. Just be ready to know that credit stinks and you're not going to get accurate, detailed information. And that's why you talk to a lender immediately. But that catch 22 is people decide not to talk to a lender because they don't want to get their credit pulled. And that's the silly part. And they changed the laws. So it's now on your credit card statements and things like that. But all that did was make it more confusing. Right. And I think like, you know, as I listen to so much about this process, that's complicated and it's not taught to you in a way it frustrated me, but it also really pushed me to want to learn more and to want to make sure I had a great realtor 
in my corner because I felt like me and my fiance are really up against it. Like this is our financial future. And here's this big transaction that I know essentially nothing about. Like I got to take ownership of this situation and make sure that I'm not walking into a horrible idea. It's the hardest part of what I explain to people is, look, you're used to buying things. And now over the last couple of decades, especially we're used to coming in super informed and not getting ripped off. And I just have to tell people sometimes I'm like, it kind of stinks, but you got to think about this more like a heart surgeon. You just have to find the right doctor. You can't figure out how to do this. You need someone else to unfortunately walk you through it, even though you're used to doing everything on your own. And that's great for everybody to learn and to realize that they should study as much as they can. But I tell people spend way more time choosing your realtor than you do educating yourself on the steps to do. They'll be better to help you. So you found your unicorn realtor. You got to your lender. Did the lender help clarify the credit any more for you, any better, and get you feeling comfortable to move forward and start writing offers? So I'm glad you asked about the lender because I think... We knocked it out of the park on the real other side, and we can continue to talk more about that. I feel like, though, on the lender side, once we got pre-approved and we kind of had everything set in motion for us to be able to put an offer on the home, potentially put an offer out there whenever we found the right home, we got really tunnel visioned on finding the right home, figuring out what we could afford, what we couldn't. And we were so much in the mind of shopping for the right home, we didn't shop for lenders as well as we could have. So then all of a sudden, we've got an offer accepted. Oh, that's awesome. We're so excited. In the 11th hour, I'm trying to shop for lenders to a certain degree to negotiate rates a little bit. And to me, I think in that process, that's one of the things I'd be thinking about a little bit more as if I could do the whole thing over again parallel path that yeah you're looking for the home you're looking to shop around there but you should be shopping around for lenders as well and doing a little bit more than kind of seeing that as a secondary step thereafter which i kind of fell victim to wow that is fantastic advice for all the listeners out there and you said a phrase that i think but i don't think i've ever actually articulated well enough parallel path because what can happen is exactly what happened with you. You get in, you get the realtor, you get excited, you get the lender, you get a number. And as soon as you get that number, your mind turns HGTV and you start figuring out how do I make that number meet my needs and what compromises am I going to make? But you hit it on the head. That's a great hindsight learning tool for people. Pick your realtor and then have your realtor give you some suggestions for lenders and then parallel path and while you're getting your numbers together, be doing that with a few different people. And speaking of credit, if you have your credit pulled within, I, the minimum is 21 days. Some people say 30 days from different lenders. It only counts as one pull against your credit. So you can shop lenders in those first few weeks. It's the hardest thing in the world to do because you tell someone, here you go, let's go. And as soon as you get a number, you want to run out and look at houses. And I'm telling you, hurry up because the market's moving. But that's great advice. Was there anything else that surprised you about the process? Things that were different? I mean, if nothing surprised you, great. That means your unicorn took care of you. But was there other things that you would give advice to people looking back? Yeah. One, my realtor was awesome. And I think really giving advice to others would all center around 
getting that unicorn realtor. And when I think about how we were able to get into that position, I'd call on two things. One, we got the realtor we got because it all started, David, for me sending you an email and asking if you had ideas around the area that we live in. That was a total shot in the dark. I heard your passion on the podcast, but I was like, who knows how many emails he gets a day? Maybe he won't respond. Sure enough, he did. Hooked me up with a realtor who hooked me up with this realtor and voila, everything worked out. And so the learning there, I would say, is if I were you and you're thinking about buying a home, you don't have a realtor yet, put yourself out there. If you know somebody who may be able to help you, may be able to give you a good recommendation, take the initiative. Go talk to them. Because the worst that could happen when I, David, when I sent you an email was you not to respond. And what ended up happening was you responded and got me hooked up with a great realtor. The second thing I would say with that process is my fiance and I were kind of methodical. We're the worst nightmare of a salesman who wants to make a sale that day. So we told our realtor, we said, hey, we're first time home buyers. We're still figuring this out. We're probably going to want to see a lot of homes. And he listened to us. He was comfortable with it. He made his style fit our needs and and was a true advocate for us. And so what I would tell you if you're looking for realtors is be open and honest with that individual from day one. And depending on how they react, that should give you a good sense of, is this my person or is it not? And it's always important to remember that if you're getting that sense, this person isn't your person, you can walk anytime. There's a lot of realtors out there. So I got fortunate. I felt like we knocked it out of the park on try one, but If they don't seem like they're an advocate for you, you don't have to stay with them. This is awesome. I'm a hundred and something episodes in, and you said something that I've been afraid to say this whole time. You have to eventually get to a point where you trust your realtor and you tell them everything. One of the biggest mistakes with first-time buyers is they come into the situation maybe a little skeptical, and they'll only tell their realtor maybe part of like I've had people hold back finances and not tell me they've got extra money somewhere because they think I'm going to try to push it up, which is hysterical to me because like, yeah, I'm going to push it up $25,000 so I can make 2% more on $25,000. I mean, that's absolutely not what I'm thinking about. Maybe their opinion of other realtors, but you have to be as honest about everything, your finances, your goals, your timing, when you want to do this. Don't say you want to do this in six months if you really want to do it in three so that they don't pressure you. All of that stuff, if you're open and honest with the realtor, like you said, the worst thing that can happen is you can feel uncomfortable with them, then you bail. But if you hold those things back, how you want to be communicated with, what you expect to see, you're only setting yourself up for disappointment. And even bigger than that, you're setting yourself up where you maybe could be getting a better deal, but there's information that your realtor doesn't know that they could have utilized to your advantage in the negotiation. And I think the second big thing that you said is, and I appreciate the fact that the Unicorn Nation was so helpful for you. When I started this back in 2019, the unicorns are, that's my job now. I mean, what's funny is in your area, I think I fired three different unicorns before I got you to the people that you got over the years because they didn't have the sensibility and the compassion for first time home buyers, but they were big agents in your area. And as you know, I connected you with 
somebody first who even then said, hey, really great to meet you. Love David, love the podcast. There's someone better for you and it's not me. And then they sent you to that other person and that other person ended up, again, I'm not a matchmaker. It's just you laid it out, which was great. And then they ended up being the right person for you. So that's awesome to hear. Okay, so then tell us about the offer process. Everyone's like, great, David, we get it. Get a good realtor. So tell us about that. What nuggets of wisdom can you give people about putting an offer in on the home? We were talking before we started recording about being in a month-to-month situation. Was there anything else with the style of the offer that you could offer advice? Yeah, so I'll touch on kind of the month-to-month piece. One thing that I feel like is maybe somewhat obvious, but but wasn't something that my fiance and I were thinking about until we kind of got into the process is, you know, you tend to think about the home as, okay, what's the price? What's the down payment? What's the monthly payment? There's kind of some key numbers that you're thinking about with each home. You really got to do the math though on what are the must-have projects in the first six months. So maybe you can afford the down payment and the monthly payment, but if you got to do a kitchen remodel and like you're not going to be happy until that remodel's done, that could be in a whole new tier of home. So those were kind of some things we had to consider, almost like what's the fully baked cost of this house, not just the one that's kind of on the paper in front of me. On the month-to-month piece, if you're looking to buy in this market or or when we were buying back in the spring, sadly, you do not have a lot of advantages going for you. Inventory is low. You're going to have to put in an offer above asking. Now, you know, rates are obviously rising quite a bit. One thing we had going for us was we were going month to month in our rental. And so to the degree with which you can plan and be in that kind of flexible living arrangement, I would say that that is super beneficial versus being in a place where you got to make a purchase by a particular period of time. And if you don't, you know, what can it maybe sign in another year long lease? For us, the home that we ended up buying, our sellers wanted to stay in for an extra six weeks. So we ended up like from the day our offer got accepted, it was like it was a few months until we moved in and that knocked a lot of offers out and we actually didn't have to go as high above asking as we thought we were going to because when they said hey are you comfortable delaying your move in for six weeks after close we said yep that's fine because we're we'll lease it back to you they'll pay our mortgage for those first six weeks we'll keep renting in our current place So it was almost like out of all of the things that, you know, as a buyer in this market, it feels like I got nothing working for me. Total seller's market. That was like just this one little wrinkle, this one little advantage that we had that I'd encourage others to think about as they're starting the process. Oh, that is so huge, Philip, because it's true. Like I tell people all the time, I'm sorry that you're buying a home in 2022. This is when you were born. There's nothing I can do about that. We can't go back and have you getting engaged in 2012, ready to buy in 2013. But that's really cool to realize that you did have the advantage. I say it all the time on the podcast, and I don't get really deep into it a lot, but there are two things in real estate, time and money. And the time can save you money if they need to go quickly and you're a cash buyer. That's the reason cash buyers come in and swoop deals. 
if someone has their home price too high or they waited too long to list it or they're buying another house and suddenly they need their house to close right away because they need their money, the cash buyers can close in seven days. So that's where the time means, well, we have to pick from only the cash buyers now, so they might take a lower price. But in your case, it worked the other way by being flexible. That's why to go as quickly as you can or give them as long as you can, then you offer all the time and you end up getting more money. And one of the things that you mentioned before that, by the way, that was awesome. Like you should do your own podcast now. That's great. Both those pieces are wonderful. And the second piece actually goes into the first piece. A lot of people when talking about understanding the potential remodeling or what you might have to do. It's kind of like when you go online to try to buy a car and you start adding all the extras. Right, right. But the difference is the car manufacturer tells you exactly how much those leather seats are going to cost. You look at a kitchen and unless you're a contractor, it's a lot harder for you. But I think people listening to this today come into it with that mentality because I have seen the buyers that will only buy turnkey and by not having the vision and the mentality, they might miss a place that's 75% upgraded and they could have got it and refurnished it or remodeled it and saved themselves a lot of money. Not to mention right now in today's market that things are, you know, you need all your options. And the final piece there, like you said, you're very methodical and God bless you guys. And I understand that. <laughs> and it's fun for me to work with buyers like you because at some point then the humanity of it hits. And if we're prepared, it's like, oh, wait, you mean we're focusing on price down payment, what we have to remodel, but really the kicker is we've got time and we'll let you stay in your house. It's a thing you're buying, but it's a person selling it. And by you being adaptable to the person, you ended up getting it in 2022 less terms which means not 20% over list price, just maybe a few percent over. Yeah. So you closed beginning of April, moved in sometime in May or so. So have you been in the place for a few weeks now? We've been in the place for a few weeks now. Honestly, like, and I think this would resonate hopefully with anybody who's like out there in an apartment because I've lived in an apartment for several years prior to buying a home. My favorite room in the house is this storage room it's unfinished but everything now has a place and so like the best part of having this house in my mind is just like there's stuff that has a place in a room where i never see it and so it just feels way less cluttered but we're really excited about just having the opportunity to make it our own before when you needed something fixed there was like never any excitement around it now maybe if something needs fixed or you don't like it the way it is it's like oh is this an opportunity for a project or an investment or maybe we'll have to spend a good amount of money on this but depending on what it is we might make that money back in the value of the home when we sell it someday and you can do it your way you can do it the way you want to do it right right so it's been a really fun process shout out to my fiance who will listen to this at some point i'm sure she has been an all-star because she is front and center on the wedding planning and also front and center on home stuff too. So she's all over it. Well, I can tell just in our brief time having a chance to chat, like I said, I meet different people all along the way and there are some people that can pull off the crazy double duty and you guys sound like you can. So 
The storage thing is interesting. Did you, when you were drawing up your must-haves, your wants, was that on your list or was that just something now that you're a homeowner, you go, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever? Basement was definitely a thing. We wanted to have that additional storage. There was some pre-planning behind that because I felt like before a lot of stuff just didn't have a place. So it just sat out and it was just really hard to feel like I was ever living in a clean house. Is it all labeled and in containers and all perfect? That's what I'm guessing. We're about 90% there. Yeah, it's pretty pristine. I'm kind of proud of it. I'm just picturing your housewarming party being like everybody bringing over instead of a bottle of wine, like label makers or plastic bin tubs for you. (laughs) That would be my dream. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, this has been just chock full of amazing information. And when I started this little dream, I was just an angry little man. But I think at the time I was 13 years into real estate, but I had this group of people and in my head, I was thinking of them as unicorns. And I thought, gosh, people need to know about them. And the fact that you guys reached out to me and that we were able to get you in touch with them and make this dream happen for you and give you your storage room of your dreams. Um, (laughs) Most people say the kitchen or the backyard, but. Well, she would say the kitchen. She loves the kitchen. Oh, good, good, good. Well, okay, so then I'm going to give you one piece of advice that I'm going to give to everyone else, too. Now, if you're a minimalist, sometimes people don't like this, but it's a really cool hip thing that my Italian grandma did. The biggest problem with kitchens and storage is the big pots and pans. So if you can figure out a cool aesthetic that goes with kind of the Italian kitchen, I highly recommend the ceiling pot hangers. Okay, so I have talked about wanting to do this so we have them my mom and dad did them and there's like one pot that just clips the top of my head when i go home now (laughs) so i'm all for it i love the look but we just got to get the height right because i get bonked on the head every time i go back to my parents well the sidonis from buffalo my dad's 5'7 my mom's 4'11 so not a problem for us and my little (laughs) italian grandma (laughs) but That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, all you got to do is get the high ones or find the spot that you can hang. You probably hang the lower hanging ones near the edge and the little pots in the middle. So you don't bump your head. I love it. This is fantastic. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited to get this message out to everybody with the disclaimer that not all unicorns can get you your very first house at a lower price. But if you're ever going to have a chance to do it, It's using a unicorn. And I will once again also say, just in our brief time talking together, being organized and doing your preparation and your planning, it will really help you, like Philip and their fiance, to be able to land the right home. And I'm glad that you knocked it out of the park. That makes me feel very happy. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for all that you've done. And yeah, happy to help however I can. We just encourage folks out there to, if you think there's a chance that you're able to buy a home now, don't wait, go for it. Because the more I got into this process, the more I just was kicking myself thinking, man, I should have been trying to do this six, seven years ago. And so just, it's never too early. I love that. I just recorded something this morning that I'm going to put on the website because I went back and looked at my very first podcast episode and that's what I said. 
one of the reasons why I started the podcast was every one of my first time buyers over 13 years, I think I had like 76 at that time. That was the one thing they all said, oh man, I could have done this earlier. So that's wonderful. That'll help our people start their planning, but you and I get to live in the moment now and I'm gonna enjoy my backyard and you enjoy your storage basement. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> awesome, thanks so much, Philip. No problem, thank you. Did I tell you or did I tell you? Man, that was just amazing, truly inspirational. You know, in the midst of a new engagement, Philip and his fiance took on the task of buying their first home, even though their first thought was how little they actually realized they knew about the process. So they researched, they studied, and they got into that cool thing we talked about, parallel path planning. I love that. Such an important takeaway from them on how to really set yourself up for a successful home buying journey. Parallel path planning. A lot of times when I'm helping buyers, I wish there was a singular linear path that I could give you. One, two, three step ladder. But the best way to follow the steps is multiple steps all at once, which I know might not be the most comforting thing in the world, but it's easy once you get it going. Because first you binge the podcast or you get a trusted unicorn guide so that you either have all the knowledge, or you have someone you trust with all the knowledge. Then you get ready to take your first steps, but realizing that you're actually taking multiple steps all at once. You've got your credit, you got your saving, you got your debt reduction, you got your working on your loan, you got your talking with your unicorns, you're researching neighborhoods, driving through neighborhoods, learning about neighborhoods, checking out home styles, and figuring out all the buyer techniques in the current market. All of that needs to be happening all at the same time. It's not step one, then step two. It's step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, just a little bit all at a time, like pushing the faders up on a soundboard. Phillips said something in there. He said that so much is not taught to you before you get started, and it really frustrated him, but it also pushed him to take ownership of his situation and get a great realtor, a great unicorn in their corner. That unicorn team was probably, he said, one of the most valuable pieces of his entire education. And with the team that you trust in place, being honest and open with them so they know everything so they can help you it's the best way to move forward and get to your goal. And the most important thing that I learned from Philip is storage is dope. So if you want to be like Philip and you want to have a success story to share with the world, go to howtobuyahome.com. That's where I've got 16 years of experience giving you loads of advice and guidance from a realtor who's actually done this with first-time buyers for quite a long time. If you go there, you're going to find links to the podcast, the YouTube, the Instagram, the TikTok. And soon, starting in the summer of 2022, because so many people have been asking me and overwhelming me with the question, dude, I'm so overwhelmed. We're going to be launching the How to Buy a Home Starter Kit. First time home buyer starter kit to help you out. Because three and a quarter years into pumping out this podcast, the big question is, where do I start? So bam, Start with the starter kit. Check it all out at howtobuyahome.com. And of course, if you're out there in podcast land, hit me with five stars, write me a review. It helps to help everybody else find the podcast. If you want to make this happen for yourself, do like Philip and his fiance and lean into your strengths. If you're methodical, go ahead, bust it out, make your spreadsheets. 
And if you're like me and the thought of working on Excel makes your skin crawl, well then get a unicorn team who can fill in the gaps for you. Take all your strengths, take your team strengths, put them all together. And the more people that you have working for you, the more parts of the process that you will have covered to make this the right move for you. Because with the right team in place, as Philip said, you can do this.